Wearing the Folk. Welcome to Wearing the Folk. Uh, my name is Cecil Fletcher, and today I've got Mr. Reed with me, as you can see him right there. And as always, we got Jeremy Foreman and Henry Tolley from way up there in northern Kentucky, and we have Lauren with us. Where in the folk are you today, Lauren? <laughs> I'm actually in Garland, Texas today, but I base out of Tulsa, Oklahoma. Nice. Yeah. Oklahoma pretty nicer. Yeah, yeah. It's a uh, it's gorgeous country. We got a lot of uh, Bigfoot and paranormal and all kinds of weird stuff going on. Is it like mostly farmland or? <laughs> um, no, the uh, mid to western side is is kind of farmy, but the eastern side's all trees. So. The real question I have is, has Five Guys made it there yet? I heard they're coming this way. Oh yeah, yeah, we've had it. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we got five guys. We got fat guys. I'm pretty sure we got some other guys that you don't even know about yet. We got a fa- few guys on this board. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> my, my favorite uh, right here. My favorite burger place of all time, I, I think, is in Texas. I, I think it don't. I don't think it's any far east in Texas. It's called uh, Whataburger. Yeah, Whataburger. That's why well, I, I met Whataburger. Damn. Yeah, we got a five guys in Lexington, Cecil. Yeah, I don't know. I'm like, <laughs> I don't know what you talking about. I met Whataburger. You see what happens when he breaks one of his collectibles? That he just happens in general. Oh, he's thrown for the rest of the show. Like he's, <laughs> he's done. He might as well just walk out. For what, what everybody's referencing is uh, I had to move my fat ass across this floor <laughs> and broke one of my collectibles, and now it's destroyed for it. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Poor thing. Yeah, I'm actually kind of distraught about it. Uh, my wife came in here and she wasn't even able to console me. I rushed her out of here. <laughs> <laughs> she just picked up and kind of moved out of the way. But anyway, tell us about everything you got going on currently. It sounds like you're involved in quite a bit, bunch of different things, like channels and content and everything. What, what okay. What's happening with Lauren? So, Lauren. Lauren is a, a busy girl. So, um, first and foremost, I basically run Nightcallers Productions. And so that's an umbrella. And that way I have all my projects under my umbrella. Um, Nightcallersproductions.com is live as of like this weekend. So I'm super, super excited about that. Um, so, first and foremost, I have Nightcallers Bigfoot Radio. That. And we have been on air for 10 years, over 10 years, and we've done over 300 shows. Uh, My mom actually started this show back then and brought me on not too long after, and we've been on it ever since. A couple years ago, she retired from her job, retired from the show as well, handed it over to me, and I have revamped it from just a podcast to a video podcast and regular podcast and all that. So, um So I have Nightcallers Bigfoot Radio. I do live interviews with people. Um, I also have just now added a new segment where I read viewer encounters, so paranormal viewer encounters, and record those and put them out there. And now I do private interviews and pre-recorded interviews for kind of a Patreon thing, but it's through Buy Me a Coffee instead. So I have that. Um, That's Nightcallers and... I have a podcast with my partner, Matt Knapp. He does, uh, he used to do Bigfoot Outlaw Radio and he does Bigfoot Crossroads. And so our podcast is called Planet Fear. It's true crime and paranormal. Just whatever we feel like throwing in there because we're into both. Um, I get way too excited about murder, blood, guts, and gore. And he has to like rein me in sometimes, but 
man, that's my bread and butter. So, oh, really? um, <laughs> so we do uh, Planet Fear, and so we just launched that not too long ago. We have about seven or eight shows now. Um, it's really awesome. We've had really great feedback on it. Um, I produce a show called Weird Realities, and um, Hadley is the one that you guys talk to. And um, so her and another nice lady do Weird Realities. They host that. Um, they're actually bringing about another show called Weird Inc., which is for authors and such. Um, and then I do, uh, so I don't know if you guys know who Keith Crabtree is. He's the Falk monster from Legend of Augie Creek. He's the Bigfoot in the movie. Really? Oh, okay. Yes, yeah, so he played the Bigfoot in Legend of Boggy Creek. He's the Falk monster. So um, I'm his manager of all his merchandise. And we do events. We have one in a few weeks called It's the Falk Monster Campout. Um, and people come to Smith Park in Falk, Arkansas, and we show them, you know, the Falk monster. And we have, you know, storytelling around the campfire. And we have vending. And um, She Squatch shows up, who's a good friend of mine. Billy Bigfoot shows up. So we have all these people that show up in costume and take pictures and stuff. It's a big deal. Um, so we manage that event. And... Um, on top of all that, I have two kids and I go to school and um, what else? Uh, Bigfoot research, of course. So I go look for Bigfoot. Jesus. So <laughs> when, when you said busy, you, you weren't joking. I, yeah, there's a yeah. lot of ambition there. I mean, she how do you find the time to, to fill all this in? I I. I I'm a schedule. I'm OCD. I have a schedule and literally like Monday is like, you know, um, download the show, flip it over to audio, post it to Podbean, upload a sizzle reel and then do this and then do this. And then Tuesday is, you know, post this promo for this. And Thursday is this. And, um, I'm launching all kinds of new things and, uh, it's craziness all the time. I just launched an affiliate program. So basically if, uh, someone wants to invest, money into me basically for a year i will promote their stuff on my platforms and my show and yeah and then my membership program that i just launched um and so you get like exclusive content and stuff and there's a lot of pressure to perform but um i'm loving it so i quit my job last april when covid hit and all that um i had a decade-long career in human resources and i worked for a catholic hospital and i was living in cubicle hell and uh, I quit my job so I could go back to school full time. Well, you know, uh, COVID and all that. So I kept my kids home and I was like, well, I'll just homeschool them, you know, because I don't really want them going back right now. And uh, then I was like, oh, hey, you know what? I could spend some more time on my show. I could, I should probably do that. And now I'm here. <laughs> like, I, I mean, I traded my nine to five in for a midnight to midnight and I wouldn't have it any other way. Like, I'm not scared of hard work. I am scared of having to go back to that cubicle. That that motivates me every single day. Y'all, that was a soul-sucking job. Oh, I'm fully aware. Soul-sucking. <laughs> we, we can relate, no doubt. Human resources, you guys, okay? Uh, yeah. So you- I can only imagine the war stories. Oh, my God. The things that we caught people doing and had to fire people for is just... It's magnificent what people will do on the clock. And I'm just like, man, y'all, really? Like, you're at work. You're collecting a paycheck. You can't be doing that in the supply closet. You can't. (laughs) 
It's, so maybe we should uh, get a few pointers from her for when we decide to, you know, <laughs> ditch, you know, find creative ways to create our own horror, sto- horror stories from mm-hmm. ways I know I know things. <laughs> Man, ten years is a long time though. It, it sounds like you put a lot of heart and soul into to everything that you're doing, which is awesome. For sure. For sure. You know, my mom tells me all the time. Well, of course, she tells me she's proud of me and that, you know, I'm pretty and she loves me um, because mommies do that. But she tells me all the time how how proud and amazed she is that I've taken the show to this level, like taken it to the next level, because it, it, it was you know, we always had co-hosts on and we would interview. We've interviewed all kinds of people from all over the world. So researchers mostly. But we interviewed, um, you know, Dave Pilates. We interviewed Doug Highcheck. We interviewed all these people back in the day. And then when I revamped the show and it's a video show now, um, you know, we did, I've interviewed um, Doug Highcheck, Cliff Barockman, like I've interviewed all these people and I have more planned and I'm excited about it, you know? Um, but yeah, it's been, it's been crazy over 300 shows worth of people. And that's a lot of experiences collected. That's a lot of stories collected. Um, that's a lot of people that I've met and I became friends with for the rest of my life, you know? So you said that you you have a mother that supports you. What's that feel like? (laughs) 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 Uh, My mommy's my best friend. Um, So my mom actually started researching about 20 years ago. And um, I would go to her house, you know, and stay with her and stuff. And uh, she would take me out in the field. And so I was Bigfoot researching from the time I was a preteen to now. So I've been researching about 20 years with my mom. She's still my number one research partner. And I've learned so much over the years from her. And uh, now I got my kids, both my kids go research with me, too. One thing that's surprising to me is she got started with, like, podcasting so late. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, her retiring and stuff like that. Like, my my dad probably wouldn't know how to turn on the computer so like yeah. was there something prolific that happened to her like that that kind of started it all for her um researching you know she I had actually moved um in with my they were divorced my mom and dad are divorced and so I actually moved in with my dad because he had just had my baby well he didn't have my baby brother that would be a whole new show that we could do um but his new <laughs> wife had a baby my baby brother and so I moved up there with him in Oklahoma and um she was just kind of lonely you know and so she got on the internet and she found pal talk and that's probably way over all of y'all's heads because y'all don't look old at all so um pal talk (laughs) back in the day was just like chat rooms and stuff and um so she found this one on bigfoot and she's just laughing at these people it was like her nightly entertainment just laughing at these bigfoot people they really believe in this (laughs) and so she's listening and they played all these sounds and they told all these stories and she's just shaking her head and then they played this one sound and she had heard this sound um she had heard it when she was out fishing with her husband and her father-in-law And it just, the hair stood up on the back of her neck because it had been a really scary experience when she heard it, but she thought it was a cat or something. Anyway, so she starts actually getting interested in this and then has her sighting. And so she had her sighting and then she just launched full scale into the research. She was going on outings and expeditions with these people, having them in, you know, at her house to go out in the woods and 
taking me with her and all of this. So I'm hanging out with all these people looking for Bigfoot. Uh, my dad was not super happy about it. Like he's still, <laughs> he's more accepting today of it, but he still just thinks we're crazy. So um, anyway, so then, like I said, over a little over 10 years ago, she, with these same people that were her friends, she started a podcast, um, Nightcaller's Bigfoot Radio and uh, started a podcast and then things kind of, fell apart a little bit. And so she got some new co-host on me being one of them. And we've been going strong ever since we've interviewed people just all over the world, Australia, um, New Zealand, Canada. I mean, everywhere. It's been crazy. It's been a crazy ride. That's actually pretty awesome. So we, you told us how you got involved in it and everything. So have you ever had any kind of encounters or anything? Like, have you actually ran across a Bigfoot? Like my wife says she sees one every morning, but. oh i pray for her okay um so yeah i have uh no praying can save her at this point (laughs) um so yeah i've had i so i have not had a true sighting um i'm very particular about what i call uh bigfoot experience or anything like that i'm very particular I'm, i'm very skeptical um, so I haven't had a true sighting yet. Now, my mom has had quite a few. Now, she's been doing this for 20 years, going out in the field, just, you know, nonstop. So you think about, let's say she's been in the field in the field 500 times and she's had three sightings. You know, that's how much it takes to have sightings. So I haven't had a sighting yet. And I've been doing this for a really long time. And I always tell people it feels like you're the daughter of like a pro basketball player and you suck at sports. Like it just sucks. I have not had a sighting yet. Um, but I have had experiences. Um, I've seen a couple things on the thermal imaging, the flare. I don't know what they were. Um, could have been Bigfoot. I don't know. I don't really call it Bigfoot cause I don't know exactly what it was. Um, However, I've had other experiences. I've had rocks thrown at me. I've been growled at. That was the single most terrifying experience I've ever been through in my life. Um, Weird smells, sounds, you know, stuff like that. Um, But when I got growled at, so we had just finished a live show for Nightcallers. And uh, we used to do live in the field shows where we would all be on the phone at the same time and be out in the field and be talking about what we saw. This is before Facebook Live was a thing. So, you know, Um, so we were all out there and um, it was actually at my mom's house. So my mom lives in the middle of the deep, dark woods of East Texas and nobody around. It's just her house. And so we uh, we just finished. We just hung up and it was me and her on the front porch. And I saw eye shine off the porch and I was just it kind of in awe because I had never seen what I would call true eye shine where it's unmistakable. This is eye shine, you know, like I said, I'm really particular about my evidence. Um, so I was like, okay, wow, that was eye shine. It was gold, um, like a golden yellow and it was too high off the ground to be a deer or anything like that. And it was too low to be an owl or anything in the tree. Anyway, I saw it and it disappeared. And then I saw it again a little further and I was like, huh, I was like, man, it looks like it's circling. And so I'm watching, and then there are these bushes, let's say like 10, 12 feet away from the porch. I'm really bad with distance, y'all. Anyway, so there's these bushes, and I remember looking down at the bushes, and I'm like, and these bushes were really tall. They were like six-foot high bushes. And I remember looking at the base of them and thinking to myself, you know when your brain tries to freak you out for no damn reason? Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. So I looked at the bushes and I was like, man, like thinking inside my head, how crazy would that be if there was a Bigfoot behind those bushes? Like it belly crawled up to those bushes. Wow. And as I'm thinking that it growls at me Mm. and this, (laughs) I know. So this thing growled and it wasn't like a kitty cat growl. It wasn't like a dog growl or a wolf growl or anything like that. It was so loud it vibrated my chair and my chest. Like I could feel it in my chest. And I mean, it was just so loud. I felt like I know my, I know my hair didn't move, but I felt like it blew my hair back. Like that's how loud it felt. And I just remember looking down and I just couldn't believe that had just happened. And I remember reaching down and grabbing the chair I was sitting on to hold my butt in the chair. So I wouldn't run. Like, that's my fight or flight kicked in. I was terrified. And so I'm sitting there. I'm like, Mom, Mom, did you hear that? Mom. And she's, like, talking on the other end of the porch or something. She just turns around. And she said I was white as a sheet. And she was like, what? And I said, did you hear that? You know, I obviously don't want it to know that I know it growled at me. So she said, uh, she just kind of looked me up and down. And she was like, that was a a semi-truck on the highway. Now, y'all, this woman lives like 20 minutes past the middle of nowhere, right? Like, there's there's no highways. Like, you can hear a vehicle, you know, for 30 minutes before it gets to the house. And so I'm just sitting there, and I'm just looking at her. And I'm like, no, it growled at me. And she's like, no, that was a truck. That was a truck, Lauren. It's okay. And I'm just like, damn, she deserves to be eaten. She's going to be that stupid. <laughs> so every woman for herself. So I'm just sitting there. I'm like, okay, fine. So um, I I sat there and battled for another few minutes. And then I finally got up and like, <laughs> I didn't want to give it my back. And so I like inched into the house. Like the door was right there. So I like sidled and, and like went inside and I sat down on the couch and my husband was passed out on the couch, of course, you know, my fierce protector. So I'm like, hey, hey, hey wake up and he wakes up and he's like holy crap what happened because again I'm white as a sheet and I said it growled at me and he's like what and I said Bigfoot growled at me (laughs) like what do you think I'm talking about and um anyway so I told him what happened and you know I was just like I was like mom didn't even hear it she said it was a semi that's not a semi I was really upset that she didn't have my back on that and um anyway it it took a while but later on I talked to her and she finally admitted she's like yeah I heard it yes it was a real growl but she's like you were so terrified I didn't want to freak you out anymore she said so I just told you it was a truck to calm you down I'm like that did not calm me down I thought that was going to be one of those proud mom moments. Like, oh, you finally saw yours or had the yeah. interaction. No, no, oh. no. Tolly, um, do, you, do you remember a time when we had rocks thrown at us and our buddy kicked into his neighbor's door because he thought they were throwing rocks at us? Yes. Do you think <laughs> they throw them? I don't think that's the same thing, Cecil. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> nah. <laughs> um. But I have had, you know, other experiences where I've seen just creepy stuff or, you know, had stuff like, um, you know, it's funny because I have more paranormal experiences like on the daily than I've had Bigfoot experiences altogether. And everyone's like, why don't you just, you know, become a paranormal researcher? Why don't you do that? And I'm just like, because when I leave the woods, Bigfoot stays in the woods. You know, it don't try to come home with you. The other stuff, it tries to come home with you. And, man, yeah. 
you know, blessing your house, like I have to bless my house quite often. Um, I just attract stuff in my house and you guys, so I, I, I usually give this dis- disclaimer before the show, but I forgot. So, um, I'm weird. You guys know that already. Yeah. Okay. So like I'm weird. I was raised weird. I have embraced my weirdness. My mom was a paranormal researcher and she became a Bigfoot researcher. So I was raised up in the weird. And uh, so you guys, I guess, pick the right girl to have on your show to talk about weird stuff, I guess. (laughs) In a way, I can see why you would still want to keep on researching the Bigfoot because... Like you said, you have paranormal all the time, but you've only had one or two maybe possible experiences with Bigfoot. That makes it that much more yeah, interesting. Yeah, it makes it something it, that you want to get hold of. Because if you have something happening all the time, like, they call mine psychosis, but I, like, hear voices. So it's really funny because I'm a psych major. Um, so the, you know, for me, I know I already, I already, I can already psychoanalyze myself. It's um, wanting what I can't have. Like I'm chasing that one thing I can't have, which is Bigfoot. You know, I want to have that experience. I want, I want to be in, I, I know they exist, but I want to experience it for myself. That's my end game right now. Um, but I feel kind of like, like when I'm out in the woods, cause you know, I, I've been doing this for so long. I get, I'm kind of jaded with it really. Um, and so I find myself getting a little reckless sometimes. Like I turn off my lights and I walk out in the deep dark woods by my damn self and I will be standing out there by myself. Um, just waiting to see what happens. Like if I get eaten, well, I'm going to get some DNA while I'm going out. I will go out fighting, you know, but, uh, Like I, you know, I just, I want to have that experience. I want to know, but then I catch myself thinking like, I'm like a dog chasing a car. What am I going to do with it when I catch it? I'm like, what? Eyes and throat. Eyes and throat. Eyes and throat. (laughs) (laughs) I always tell people, you know, they're like, I can't believe you go camping by yourself and I can't believe you go do this. And I'm like, if you, if I go missing, look for a hand or something, because there's going to be DNA in that hand. I am going to go out with, Skin and hair. Yeah, you're going to you're going to prove Bigfoot. Don't worry. And since you're a psych uh, major, you know, if you need a test group, you know, (laughs) you got a good set of guy, you know, (laughs) there's something wrong with all of us. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, do do you ever find yourself kind of conflicted? Like I remember being in like some some really advanced like psychology stuff and you know i've always been like middle of the road sort of half believer half non-believer um and i found myself conflicted with a lot of spirituality after like taking those classes yeah so Um, how's that been for you i mean i don't like i said i was raised weird uh my mom you know she's christian but um I'm, I'm spiritual, but I'm not religious, really. Um, you know, I like Mother Nature is my church for sure. Um, I do believe in God. I, I pray to God, but I, I don't really believe in church or the Bible or anything like that. Um, that doesn't feel right to me. My great aunt is actually a Catholic nun. And I had that conversation with her one time. And she uh, she's the most amazing person. And she has the worst road rage out of anyone I've ever met. And mine is really bad. Um, she does not sound like a nun when she's driving. But 
Um, she told me, cause I was telling her, you know, I said, I don't feel good when I go to church. I said, I don't feel connected to anything. I said, the fellowship feels good sometimes. I said, but the rest of it, it does not resonate with me. And she said, Lauren, she said, sweetie, that's fine. She said, here's the thing. She said, she said, religion is like a finger pointing at the moon. And everyone is so busy looking at the finger that they forget about the moon. And, uh, that's that has good. sat with me forever. And so, you know, it's that's I'm completely comfortable in my faith. I'm completely comfortable with my spirituality. Um, and I, you know, I don't know if there's a name for just, you know, you know, I'm I'm not I'm not Wiccan, but like I do believe in um, the healing energies. I believe in Mother Nature healing you. I believe in all of that kind of stuff. So I guess I'm just like I'm just weird. Oh, and you're allowed to be like everyone should have their own, you know, personal faith, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I teach my kids, you know, um, basically like do what feels good, but what feels right. Um, You know, I said you have to take responsibility for things, but above all else, be kind. And so if what you're doing is not kind, then you don't need to be doing it. Um, be selfless, help others and love. And I teach my kids all of that. You know, I do hold them responsible for things and they do have discipline, but you know, I'm trying to break that generational cycle of like, shut up or I'm going to give you something to cry about, you know, how we were all raised, you know, all that. Um, but it's, it's cut your gifts out. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to lie. I'm guilty of, I carry a spoon in the car. All right. I got the spoon. Like it's, you know, I bear, I don't have to use it, but by God, when I bring that spoon out, guess what? Man, they act good. <laughs> oh, <laughs> but, see, I'm, uh, I'm terrified when, when my dad voice quit, it's, it's no longer effective. Thankfully it's still working right now. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> you know, I have to, oh, I catch myself giving them this one look that my dad used to give me. And as soon as I give it to them and they pipe down, I'm like, Man, like I just scared myself because I can just like flash back <laughs> to my dad giving me that look. Um, but yeah, so I mean, I teach my kids like, I, you know, Adam was talking about going to church or something. He's my oldest. And I told him, I said, you know, if you want to do that when you're older, I said, you are more than welcome to go find your path, your road. Um, I said, but yeah, this is, you know, just you can believe what you want to believe. Be kind. I said, I, you know, I try to tell them to research what they want to do. So, um, I remember at one point, um, someone I was dating was Catholic. So I kind of went to church with him to see what that was all about. Um, and then my brother is a Buddhist. And so I kind of went with him to see what that was all about. And so I've kind of, I've, I've, I was born Methodist. My mom is this, you know, it's like, I've seen all of them. And so I'm doing what feels right over here. I've put in the legwork. I do that as a priest. <laughs> what? Patient thinking rather. Yeah. He's a he's a dudeism priest. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just your opinion, man. No, it's just your opinion. <laughs> well, I definitely think that that's awesome. Like I think that everyone should find spirituality and religion for themselves. Um mm-hmm. so I think you're doing great by your kids. Yeah. Um one thing that that I did want to bring up that I haven't had the opportunity to bring up in a couple of episodes that I think would be awesome. Uh, maybe if you guys have like a, uh, a topic that you have to bring in one of your, uh, psychology classes uh-huh. about it. <laughs> so 
I'll just, I'll start this out by asking you a question. Do you do you think birds are real? Um, I knew this was coming. <laughs> you guys, y'all already know birds are drones sent by the government <laughs> to spy on us. They Plug. are not real. Rocks also are not real. Those are listening devices planted by the government. Yeah, I mean, look at have you ever seen a pigeon? <laughs> you ever seen a pigeon? Those things, there ain't no way that's a real animal. There ain't nope. no way. Nope. So how much does Cecil owe you for that answer? <laughs> <laughs> it's close to what I believe, but not quite. I don't think it's a government. I think it's venerians, but pretty much the same thing. You, you made his day is all, is all we're going to say. <laughs> I always tell my son that. Um, we had a bird. I think it was like a, a blue jay or something. And it kept flying into the window, which is also, uh, that's a death omen. So y'all go listen to Planet Fear, episode that's, six. Yeah. That's a death omen. But um, yeah, it kept flying into the window and my son was just freaked out. He's like, why is it doing that? And I was like, because I said, it's wiring is messed up. I said, it's not real. It's a drone and it's hitting a window. And he was just like, it is not. And I'm just like, for real, bro, for real. Ask your teacher. <laughs> More than likely there was some kind of glitch happening somewhere and is trying to get to it to like, see exactly. What it was <laughs> I'm, I'm, actually, that's an old country omen. Like uh, the, the bird trying to get in the house. Yeah, so they say that if a bird flies into your house and especially goes into the bedroom, uh, that person's going to die. Hmm. And by the way, I'm still having the gigantic murder of crows hanging around the farm. Wow, really? Yeah, and I, I'm getting freaked out out by it. You need to put the bodies off. Well, the <laughs> <laughs> listen, when I started doing this with these guys and they started with the birds aren't real thing, I uh -huh. kind of about it. For the past three weeks, okay. I've had hundreds of crows on my farm. Hundreds. I've never seen it before, and it's freaking me out a little bit. I think the government's watching me. Yeah, for sure. Uh, either that or literally a death omen, man. <laughs> well, well, Reed has been to Washington, D.C. twice, and I firmly you're believe not supposed that he's involved with the CIA. Stop right because there. he's college educated, but <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're not supposed to talk about that. <laughs> so, so while we're kind of like on the edge of paranormal, so <laughs> the uh, the not tears episodes, yes, I watched I watched uh, a few of them, which I think they're awesome. So, dude, how did that start? Did people just start like? Hey, hey, Lauren, <laughs> listen to what happened to me, like in your inbox. No, so, well, ugh, I have had that for the past 10 years. I have had people sending me stuff and, uh, you know, if I'm at a, an event or something, you know, or a camp out, they'll walk up and um, the first time this, ugh, it's, it's weird every time it happens, but they're like, are you Lauren from Nightcallers? And the first time it happened, especially, I'm like, Me? And they're like, yeah, you're Lauren. And I'm like, oh, okay, uh, yes. And then they're like, I love your show. I listen to it every night. I fall asleep to your voice. And I'm like, all right, we took that a little weird. That's fine. <laughs> That's, you know what? And then um, one time I had a guy and his wife, and she's like, yeah, he falls asleep with his phone on his chest every night listening to you. And I'm like, 
Okay. <laughs> uh, that'll be uh, $50 an hour for, you know, a couple of therapy. Think, I used to think that I was pretty popular because people recognize me out. And they'd be like, are you Clarence Fletcher? And I'd be like, yeah. They always had that yeah. They, they always what? Hat. They had a hat and a they badge had with a gun on, on their side. <laughs> <laughs> so... <laughs> so I had people coming up. They would uh, tell me their encounters. They love to share their encounters in person. Um, and then it started happening over Messenger, of course, and stuff like that. That's cool. Um, and then I always have people who, you know, so my show, I interview researchers and people like that. And everyone always asked me, you know, why don't you have witnesses on that have experiences, you know, like Sasquatch Chronicles or something? And I'm like, well, researchers are witnesses. Usually every single one of them that got into this, it's because they had an experience. And um, so then I was like, okay, I said, well, you know, I said I could do a segment where I read people's encounters that they send into me. That way I can kind of have the best of both worlds there. And so I just kind of put the word out a little bit that I was going to be doing this. And I got quite a few back and I love it. Like, I love getting them and putting them together and reading them for people. Um, I've gotten some just amazing, amazing segments uh, from people. And um, paranormal, cryptid, just all kinds of weird things that I've gotten. Um, little people, I've got I got one for a little person. Um, it just, it's, it's been really fun getting all these stories. And so I'm now doing two... Uh, two night terrors a week so if you guys have them send them to me and i will read it on air so for those night terror episodes i mean do, do you normally have like uh, just to go back and forth with the person submitting it or are you, are you are you pretty much taking it at first draft uh usually at first draft i might have some follow-up questions um usually not too many uh usually you know i just want to know like where and when did this happen? You don't have to tell me exactly where, but like what state and just mm -hmm. about when did it happen? Um, I've had some from the 1960s all the way up to now. And um, like I said, I've done Ghost. I've done um, Little People, Bigfoot. I did a giant bird thing. It's Winged Terror in the Skies. What is the Winged. Little People? <laughs> <laughs> little People? Yeah. Um, children. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> so, like, I know a little person. He's he's a prick, but I know him. He's my nephew. <laughs> I'm not even going to be mad about that. I mean, like, my kids are a-holes all the time. Uh, and I tell them that to their face. And people will be so shocked. And they're like, did you just call your kid that? And I'm like, he's being one. And he needs to know that that's not okay. Like, you can't go through life being an a-hole. People will call you out on it. He needs to get used to it. So, um, so like the the little the night terrors with the little person. Um, I think I called it like little person big terror or something. I was trying to do like a terror theme for a while, and terror is a really hard word for me to say. So, is that yeah. the one that uh, had the smoking tree at the beginning? The what broken the tree? Has smoking tree like a tree with smoking? Yeah, that's the next, that's uh, the most recent one. And that was like some humanoid figure that like every time the lightning flashed, um, she would see it in a different spot until finally the lightning flashed. It was right at the window. When I and, first, I was driving to Walmart to like the other day and I was like, and I had the stupidest rock cross my head. I was like, what brand was it smoking? 
I saw that question coming too. <laughs> I, <do. laughs> I love it though. <laughs> um, see, you need to go to YouTube and drop that comment in the comments because I need <laughs> funny stuff. Like, um, yeah, and that's something that you know, like with night terrors, I, I, I have a hard time. I hold back my jokes a lot, but I really want to just like let them loose because that's my brand. Like, that's my personality, and so I'll probably start doing that more. But the first ones, I was being all serious, but um. The little person one, so it actually came from someone close to me. And when he was younger, um, he lived in this house, and the house was really weird. And, uh, like, they heard voices a lot on the property, and there was, like, an old homestead and a well on the property. Well, he went to bed one night. He was laying there, and he heard something hitting his window, like pebbles. And um, so he finally has enough of that, and he gets up and goes to the window. And he's looking out the window, and there was a white sand cement pile and um just gravel little small piles of gravel and it was really bright the moon was full and he kind of looked left and looked right and when he looked right he saw something and he looked back and there's a little man standing in front of that cement pile he said it was about two two and a half feet high and um he said he couldn't really make out its face or anything but it had like a cone hat on like a dunce hat almost and he said (laughs) <laughs> like a gnome, but um, creepier because he said it reminded him. He always after that called it a joker in his head. He called it the joker. He said it reminded him like a joker off a playing card. And uh, so he looked back and when he saw it, he was like, what? You know, I don't even know how old he was. He was young. And so he looked down like, what was that? And when he looked back up, it was right there at the window. Wow. Ooh. That's a damn chill down my Because I have and, a big fear of gnomes. Like, because I read a book one time about gnomes, and they are, like, in tradition, like, horrific little beasts in a way. Yeah. I've just, I've heard horror stories about little people. Like, I've heard the stories where they're nice, you give them food, they're cool. Um, and then I've heard where they, like, bite your toes off, or they bite you in your sleep and stuff like that. So, I'm just, I, I'm good on that. Like, I'm just... They're kind of in the same vein of, like, the black-eyed children. Like, those yeah. two things, if I seen them, I would kick first. And that's yeah. I'd kick them right in the face. Bam. So, it's, it's funny. You know, I go out in the woods. And, like I said, I walk off into the pitch dark by myself. I'm really just not scared. But, so, if something big bluff charges, like a deer or, you know, something bigger... It's like I go into fighting stance and I stand my ground. But y'all, something little skitters out at me. I backpedal like <laughs> a five-year-old girl. Like yeah. I, and I scream or shriek or something. I, I went out with a friend and we were walking along this path and there was something in the bushes and it, he was standing next to me and I never thought I'd be this person. You guys, I never thought I'd be this person, but something came out of the bushes. And if it would have been like a cow size, something, man, I would have stood my ground, but no, it was a little something like a rabbit dillo. Right. And it just (laughs) skittered. It skittered. I don't like skittering. (laughs) And I grabbed this man and pulled him in front of me. Y'all I was that person. I was that, I never would have thought. Anyway, I about climbed him like a tree. Like, I was terrified. And then somehow it, like, ran past us, and it was behind us. And he, like, pulled me in front of him. And I'm like, really? And he's like, I'm protecting you. I'm like, "Eh." like, oh, with me in front of you, you protecting me? Um, 
But I've had that happen twice now where something little has skittered next to me and I freak out and like run backwards. And yeah, I, I mean, I, I'm the same way. I would rather fight a bear than to have to kill a spotter. Yes, I can't do little, <laughs> little creepy crawly things. I just, I can't do it. You know, something like, oh, I just, but yeah, um, the little, the little creepy things. I don't like the little creepy things, like the big scary things that I'm okay with. Um, also like, um, that's why I don't really like the paranormal stuff. You know, it's like the little creepy things and the paranormal things. You cannot see them. If I can't f- see what I'm fighting, I'm not okay. <laughs> Yeah, no way, no. Like, like Tolly said, like I'm not scared of spiders or anything, but I am terrified of just anything smaller than me. I think it's a complex, which I don't know. I don't know what kind of complex that would be. I do know that one of these days I'm gonna go to Lowe's and buy every garden gnome that they oh have, and I'm gonna <laughs> make it right in front of your front door. It sound like it sound like a war outside because I'll be going off. <laughs> pow pow. <laughs> Yeah, I, I don't you now. But I, I think I've seen a Bigfoot once, but I used to be a person that was on a lot of narcotics. Um, <laughs> you just took I, a lot of stuff. And, they, and I think that people thought I was making up, but one day I was driving out, you know, doing my thing, um, and I did see something cross the road, and it looked big and hairy, <laughs> but again, I was too blitzed to really know exactly what was going on. Um, <sighs> That happened down in Clark County. That's, that's one of the finer uh, witness encounters I've ever heard, actually. So. <laughs> 10 out of 10. I feel like he hits the ditch every episode in some way. Well, so so that, that does segue into the question. I, I asked earlier if it was a back and forth with Night Terrors, um, because I'm sure you've you've received some of those and you've had to like sort of glance at them sideways just with how preposterous they were. <laughs> I mean, do you have any that are still on the, the cutting room floor? Not really. I haven't had any of those. Um, not yet. It's like, y'all, I don't, I don't, I don't even want to say it because I'm going to jinx myself. I don't want to say it. Um, but yeah, I haven't had any that I'm just like, oh, okay, this is happening. I did have one. Um, he said the ghost was screaming at him. Um, and he like, oh, I... Hulk smashed it away. I don't know. Smashed it away. We uh, we get some we get some crazy people in our DMs. Like uh, you're very lucky. Oh, I do too. I had um, I had <laughs> I had one recently. You guys probably got the same guy, so I'm not even gonna like shout him out because he probably listens to the show. But it was the most um unique pitch I've ever heard. He first announced his sexual orientation then that he was a pastor and then why he wanted to come on the show, which is the field of study that he does. But I've gotten some random pitches. Um, so actually I haven't really had people with experiences that just were like, wow, you know, um, because I've been doing this for so long. I've heard everything. I've heard that <sighs> I, I've heard it all. And I've had them on my show probably because people, you can't vet people before you have them on your show. Not really. No, they're fine. And then they get on your show and they start talking <laughs> about like it jumped through a portal and then it rode my horse off into the sunset. And I'm like, what? That's completely you were fine. <laughs> you were completely fine before you came on my show. Where did you change? Anyway. Okay. So not to badmouth my guests. All of my guests are awesome. However, some of them 
they're a little sneaky. Um, but we used to do live shows, right? Live call-in shows. So we would have our show. We would accept callers live. Most of the time, it was great, right? People, this is, you know, we had people in the chat, but this was different. People would call in and they would get to talk to the guests. So they got to talk to David Pilates. They got to talk to Ron Moorhead or Robert Morgan or, you know, got to talk to all these great people. Bill Bean, he's one of my favorites. Um, yeah, except the ones that called. I remember them like it was yesterday. <laughs> they would call. This guy called and he's like, hey, I want to tell you guys about my experience. And I'm like, okay. And he's like, so I was at a cabin with my girlfriend and we had made dinner and blah, blah, blah. And he's like, and I heard something getting into the trash cans and I thought it was a raccoon and I was going to go outside and run it off. He said, so I run outside and I see this white furry thing and it's tall like a man and it runs around the corner of the house. And he said, so I run around the corner of the house. And I, I mean, he's got me like I'm sucked in at this point. I'm like, man, this is good. And it's on our show. That's great. He said, I chase it around the house and then it goes in the door before I can. And I walk in and Bigfoot is my girlfriend. <laughs> oh, a little bit of a Bigfoot erotica. Uh, which is now a thing, but it wasn't a thing then. Apparently this guy probably, it's probably him that took it into a thing now, but whatever. So oh. I'm just sitting there like hit the drop button and I'm like, man, that was a good one too. And then I had another one and it, I swear it's the same guy, but it was like five years later, he calls back and it sounded just like him. And he's at Boy Scout camp and he goes to the bathroom in the middle of the night and then he hears something open the door and it comes in there and he's like, you know, in the stall and he's so scared and he peeks out through the hole and then his guidance counselor or his uh, Boy Scout troop dude does something bad to him and i'm like oh, really <laughs> so drop the call and it's like but they lead you in and i'm like oh this is gonna be so good no no so um after that i told my mom i was like no i was like no more live callers and she's like please can we i'm like no no i'm not doing it because people don't call with experiences anymore they kind of started off with like telling it like a not story then he goes then all of a sudden <sighs> <laughs> dropped his pants to his ankles <laughs> i mean the way he said it it was like bigfoot was you know he said the actual word and then um and then we had another one that he was like and then i realized i was on acid and i could see bigfoot and it was like y'all really like so if this good, is your entertainment <laughs> that's a good segue into uh <laughs> I was going to say the long con of this is Cecil was that caller. Because it seems like she's unhappy. Full circle. Uh, <laughs> he's waited all this time. But... It's time to have me on just so he could say, oh, I was that Great. <laughs> so I, I know this has came up, uh, come up on your show, but so is Bigfoot an animal? Or an interdimensional being. Bigfoot is a drone sent by the government. <laughs> I believe it. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, I personally it, believe that they are flesh and blood and that they are a sentient being. Um, whether they are um, 
you know, a close cousin to Gigantopithecus or something like that, but, or a relic hominid of that sort. But I do believe that they are flesh and blood. I do believe that they are um, sentient beings. They're very intelligent and elusive. Um, I think, you know, people are like, well, it's just an animal. And I'm like, <laughs> they're smart enough to stay the hell away from man. So I think they're pretty smart. Like that's, yeah. Yeah. After There's years been... of watching us, they stay away from us. There's been a ton of, um, like, we've done a bunch of cryptid episodes um, all over America, and there's always some form of Big, Bigfoot in almost every state. Yeah. But I think the the one that stands out to me the most, and I can't remember the state that it was in, but there was there was a village that went to war with, with a tribe of what was supposed to be Bigfoot yeah. in, like, the 17 or 1800s. Cecil Foreman, do you remember that? I that think was, was uh, this last thing that we recorded that there was a mention of that in the in the valley, the, the Bigfoot was, Wars. Yeah. 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 Um, so um, I actually did a show and uh, so I had a professor on a college professor and he um, wrote a book and uh, what he calls it is fake lore. And so basically it's stories like that that originated over here but eventually are told in other places but adapted to that geography that actually didn't happen there and there's quite a few of those um like the bigfoot wars they happened supposedly just all over the place but it was really just the one place is where it actually happened um you know but but the native american tribes they did have issues with the bigfoot there are some that um think they're friendly forest giants and then there are some like you know the Cherokee they call them baby eaters and so they used to go and give gifts of you know berries and meat and all kinds of stuff and they would put them at the edge of the territory um as a as a you know a tribute tribute like here have this you know this is kind of our penance don't take our women and eat our babies another another um, kind of kind of lore that we we heard was that Native Americans used to trade with Bigfoot, but it was like a fifty fifty on whether the trade would be completed or you would get eaten. Yeah, yeah. There's there's a lot of them like that. Um, another Native American tribes they used to go leave the the thing and they would give gifted fruit and berries in return and stuff like that. Um. And then there are those Native American tribes that believe that they, uh, that Bigfoot is, you know, kind of an outcast spirit, um, doomed to walk the Shadowlands, and they don't talk about it. It's taboo. You don't even talk about it. Um, I have a friend who's Navajo, and he won't talk about it at all. He, you know, because um, he, my husband had told him about my show, and the guy was just like, oh, okay. He's like, yeah, yeah, I know all about Bigfoot. And he was like, oh, cool, man, you need to talk to my wife. And he was like, oh, no, 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 we don't talk about that. We don't talk about that. And he just, like, would not, he had gone with the elders, he had learned all about it, but he wouldn't talk about it. Wow. You know, I've been, um, and this isn't something that we had pre-wrote down, but I've been reading a lot about, like, the giants that they say existed and everything, like the redhead giants and stuff, yeah. with the double rolls of teeth and everything. Do you think that there's, like, some kind of correlation between those giants and Bigfoot? Um... I mean, those red-haired giants, they're everywhere. Yeah. And so you have, 
there have been giant skeletons found all over America. And actually my show with Mary Joyce, um, we talked about the little people. And so I, there was, it was, oh, I can't remember the time frame, but there had been just a bunch of giant skeletons found in mounds. And around the time that those skeletons were found, there were fields of little skeletons found. And these little skeletons were full grown people that were this big. And the Smithsonian came, gathered up all these things, and they disappeared. Yeah. We had something happen like that in our hometown, which I don't think Tolly and Jeremy even know about. But they found a fossilized head. And it was in an excerpt. Like, we have a local newspaper, and they did an excerpt. And it was in that. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, somebody came down to examine it and took it off for examination. Never heard about it again. That's how this went. It yeah. was they took the bodies to the uh, Smithsonian and then just they were never heard from again. And actually, one of the professors had one of the skulls on his de- on his desk, and uh, he said it, it's a child's skull that we found. And a teacher went in and she picked it up and she was looking at it and she said it has its wisdom teeth. She said this is a fully formed human skull. This is not a child. And did further examination on it, and sure enough, it was a fully grown adult. But that's I how just, big they were. I don't know why. Why do you think the the powers that be would want to suppress that sort of stuff? Um, you know, I talked to Mary Joyce about that for a bit, and there's other shows she's been on where she's talked about it, and it's just, you know, if um, if oh, I can't. I said the quote that she said on there, but academia, basically the people of academia, if it doesn't fit what they're interested in, they just push it to the side and don't, you know, don't cover it. Yeah. Yeah. It happens a lot with a lot of things. Like, um, for instance, that fake image that Jeremy has behind him there of a rounder. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and, and, and Bigfoot is, uh, is T2, the birds yeah. were the first round, and then yeah, Bigfoot's yeah. T2. <laughs> Bigfoot's not real, obviously. <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, Mary Joyce, she actually covers a lot of stuff. Um, there's a underwater city right off the coast of, uh, off, I think, California. Um, there's this full underwater city with, you know, these towering pillars that have been built and stuff, and you can actually see it from Google Earth, Google Maps, you know. They won't research it. They won't go look at it at all. And there's just all kinds of stuff that is covered on her website like that, real things, that they just don't. Nobody cares to look into. They, yeah, mm. they just don't go look at it. And I'm like, this could tell us so much, you know, like, so if that was a city that is now underwater, what does that tell us about our weather patterns and, you know, the way our earth is changing and that yeah, kind of thing? There's all kinds of cities and stuff buried underwater, like the Baltic Sea Road or whatever. That, mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's like one of the most advanced highway systems. It looked like it's advanced kind of for its time period or whatever. It's weird yeah. what if we knew the truth it'd probably be terrifying. Yeah. So then probably why we don't know the truth. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was gonna like one of the questions I'd made up for this was uh you know, why do why do you think that proof hasn't been found yet? But I mean, it sounds like after everything we've talked about, there probably has been proof. It's just yeah. been suppressed. I'm one of those people that I truly do believe that the government knows Bigfoot is real, 100%. Um, I I do. I believe they know they're real. I think that should Bigfoot prove to be 
real in uh, society, um, it would have huge, huge impact on our economy and our wildlife uh, systems. So, you know, there, there have been a few rare species that have been found, you know, owls and such like that. And when these things were found, you know, oh my gosh, this thing we thought was extinct is, is you know, here. They shut down all logging. They shut down all oil. And this expansive system went into place to protect this species. And so much money was lost to the foresting, the forestry um, system. And it just, it would cripple the economy and especially the, you know, fish and wildlife and all that because they get so much money from tourism, from logging, all of that. So it would cripple them. Not to mention, I think that there would be mass panic that this thing could live in the woods, you know, right behind your house. Um, I do think that maybe we're inching towards that, though, because UFOs are real now. We are. We all already knew that, but UFOs are officially real now. And so I think that, you know, they're letting, you know, finding Bigfoot and so used to, I actually wrote a paper on this for my site class and did like this whole presentation, but used to, um, the media would ridicule anything to do with Bigfoot. And they would have like the most backwater redneck on there with no teeth talking about, I saw Bigfoot (laughs) on the side of the road, like most God awful, non-credible witness they could find. Right. And they would make fun of it and twist every single foot piece of footage or whatever. They would twist it and make it so awful. But now they have allowed Finding Bigfoot and all of these other shows to come out and flourish. And then they have, like, there are there's stuff on the news all the time, clips of, you know, sightings and stuff like that. And it's becoming more prevalent and more accepted. And so I think slowly we're getting to the point where they might come out and say this is real just like they did with ufos used to it was laughed at it wasn't accepted and then slowly it became you know there was this weird light over malaysia and then all of a sudden this year or last year ufos are real i I should send you um this this youtube channel that i watch it 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 chronicles a lot of crazy stuff from around the world Mm -hmm. is it Um, ones that we're associated with like like no that show up that that we show up in their feed <laughs> like for next video. <laughs> no, 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 no. This is crazy. Just you talking about the lots and stuff like that. Like there, there's been consistent things. Yeah. That are happening all over the world right now. Like just in like the last year. Yeah. Um, which is crazy. But I'll, I've I'll seen a little like bit that. of that. I've seen a little bit of that, and it freaks me the hell out. I'm like. Me too. <laughs> Man, if there's going to be aliens, just please let them be nice. Or let them have, like, like, I I have this dream. It's more of a fantasy, really, that the aliens are, like, empathic, and they can sense stupidity, and they just take out all the stupid people and leave the cool (laughs) people behind. Like, you know, I need to write a book. (laughs) 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 This is my personal goal in life. It's fine. I'm not a serial killer. It's okay. So, so are you gonna get a uh, uh, a Bigfoot hunting license? Yeah, I was gonna ask about that. Is that? I forgot. Not- I forgot you put that on the email. <laughs> um, so that actually got squashed. Thank God, because he had the verbiage in there, but it hasn't been declared as a real creature. 
um, as a living creature. And so he could not put that in there. Thank God. Because I, y'all, when I saw that video and the legislation, my blood pressure went through the roof. I okay. Have, I, was I have a friend that asked me to ask about that. Uh, oh. You know, because they're, they're into the Bigfoot, you know, yeah. uh, hunting stuff. Yeah. And they were like, you got to ask her about that. Yeah. Um, everyone was just, I had other people that aren't really into it and they're like, I don't see the big deal. And I'm like, okay, he obviously did not speak to an actual Bigfoot researcher. Okay. Because we're going to have all these yahoos out in the woods. I said, okay, so let's think about what I do. Shall we? Okay. So I get all my gear on and I go out into the deep dark woods and I'm usually lights out. And then I do a call or whatever. Right. So I'm in the dark, I'm this humanoid figure, and I'm making weird Bigfoot noises. Now, Bubba Gump over here is going to come in with his gun, and he's going to shoot me trying to get a reward because I'm in the dark and I made a noise. I said, it's so unsafe. Um, and then they were like, uh, you could build cages or whatever. And I'm like, okay, that's not safe for humans. That's not going to be safe for the wildlife because that cage is going to go off. When are you going to go check that cage? You know, if it's big enough to fit a human... It was, I was just, I was livid about it. Um, but, uh, I had some, uh, there's another show that had that guy on and they talked to him and then I think it ended up getting squashed because of the verbiage being that it was a living, breathing creature and it hasn't been declared as a living, breathing creature. But there are quite a few states that have, um, have laws that you can hunt Bigfoot or you cannot hunt Bigfoot. I think like Washington and a few others, it's illegal to kill a Bigfoot. Um, Texas, you can kill a Bigfoot. You can kill anything in Texas. So, uh. <laughs> you can kill anything in Texas. <laughs> if you can eat it, you can kill it. Kentucky, <laughs> we'll deep fry anything. Oh my God, Kentucky! So I went to Kentucky uh, last year and I hiked out into the mountains and did a four-day uh, camp out there to look for Bigfoot. Where'd you go? <sighs> You would ask me that. Just go ahead and ask me while I don't know. <laughs> it's probably around here. Um, Southeastern. I can get that information to you, but I cannot remember right now where it's at. Um, oh, I can't remember, but it was so beautiful, and it was this weird little town on the side of a mountain. Wasn't Clay County, was it? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. There was an old diner that we ate at that was really delicious. Did you see anybody selling snakes in the gas in the gas station? Park? <laughs> no. Because I probably, like, hog nose or... Because I would have bought one. Um, okay. So, we went to Kentucky. I went... Yeah. I went to Kentucky with my friends. And on the way there, <laughs> a friend had recommended that I watch Hellier. So, I watch Hellier on the way there. So, I go there to look for Bigfoot. By the time I get out there, I am terrified that some damn goblin things are going to come out of the dang mountains and eat me you guys we already talked about i got issues with critters all right i got issues with the little skittery things and they're like yeah by the way there's these goblin alien things that live in kentucky and you know they're gonna come out and eat you in your hammock while you sleep yeah it was, it was like february it was a blizzard i was in a hammock it was beautiful otherwise but the, i you guys i was terrified of the kentucky goblins terrified I didn't see it. We just call them our neighbors and friends. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, I should not have watched that on the way out. I should not have done that. No, Who told no. us 
no joke where we're from in Clay County, Kentucky, there are people that live in the hills that do not come out. That's true. Yeah, that is true. That's vaguely terrifying to me. Because then I start thinking of like wrong turn and hills have eyes. It's very more like uh more like deliverance. You that's, usually get some good moonshine. Yeah, that's worse. That's worse. I did have some good moonshine while I was out there. Um, yeah, so that was good. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was really beautiful. I really enjoyed it. I wish I could think of the where we were, but um, I really enjoyed it. It was beautiful country, but y'all can keep your little goblin things over <laughs> there. All right, I don't want them. <laughs> so some I forget who we had on that was talking about this. There, there was a, a picture, I think it was a picture, of someone with, um, allegedly... That was just us. Okay, with the, with the deceased Bigfoot. And I'm sure Cecil can find the picture in post, but have, have you ever seen that? Like, he's, he's like, kind of knelt down next to a, to what looks to be a, a, I mean, a Bigfoot. I mean, so many fake like hoaxes out there so i mean you have like the Iceman, um you have you know just rick dyer like you have all these hoaxers and their fake bodies that they have so i just i don't know specifically which one you're talking about um this t- texas that supposedly has bigfoot's head in his freezer or whatever oh i think i saw that one um, yeah wait was that the icp looking bigfoot no yeah <laughs> <laughs> It won't kind of yeah. piss me off. That I don't like when it's nosebleed fake. Like it feels yeah. like it discredits everything. Oh, it's I have I have a thing against hoaxers, you know, because I myself and so many others we dedicate so much time and energy and money and time away from our families, time away from our jobs, our resources to go out in the field and have integrity and be passionate in our search for this creature. So we go out there and we have strict protocols that we put into place and we are skeptical about every single thing that we find and we do our due diligence to make sure that it's not anything else before we might say that it's Bigfoot. And we have our equipment, we have our audio programs, we have audacity, we have video programs, you know, we have all of this stuff. Some of us travel to the goblin territory of the United States <laughs> and sacrifice. And you have these people who do that. And when they do that, it takes all of us and the whole community, it takes us backwards. And it makes us, it just wastes all of our time and it's very disrespectful. And to me, to be a good researcher, you have to have integrity above all else. Do you think that the hoaxes are com- are committed by people that want to like gain fame from that, or do you think it's like something set up for more nefarious reasons to actually be like, there's no possible way that this like is true? Like, disinformation agents. Yeah, um, I I do think it's for attention. Unfortunately, I wish I could say that you know, um, I wish I could say that people hoax so that they want to prove it to the world that Bigfoot's real. You know, like, oh, look, everyone, I found this body. It's real. We're done. And, you know, they're doing it for the good of the community. But unfortunately, usually it's for attention, popularity. Um, I don't really think disinformation, um, unless, you know, a, a Bigfoot replica was found in the woods by some random person, you know. But this is this seems to be people that 
create this. And these are Bigfoot researchers that create this most of the time. Sometimes it is uh, civvies that just freeze a bear hide and they're like, we found Bigfoot. It's in our freezer, you know, but. <laughs> so I guess I, I would fall into the category of a civvy. I mean, I, I don't, I don't look into the, this a lot and really the, the biggest or well, the most infamous one to me would be the Patterson footage. And yes. what's your take on that? So the Patterson-Gimlin footage, I have just seen so many breakdowns of it. I've seen it um, put into software that does, um, uh, I'm going to butcher this word, kinesthesiology, um, where they do the mechanics of the body and how it moves. I've seen it put into software, uh, make it 4K um, stabilization software. And honestly, that is the most legit piece of evidence we have to this date. Um, and it's, he surprised it and he got this picture and he was actually, you know, pretty far away from it. And, um, but we got the, we got that footage and he surprised this thing, you know, he happened to be shooting and that's how it happened. Because if you think about sightings now, like I spent, you know, if I see something like that, first of all, people are like, oh, how, why can't you get, you know, a good picture of a Bigfoot or something you know we have these super expensive cameras and blah 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 and I'm like have you ever tried to take a picture of a toddler <laughs> how many tries does it take you to get a picture a good non-blurry picture of a toddler and I'm not talking like a little you know cheesy kid that actually sits still I'm talking a regular toddler stop smile for me one more time 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 that you can't Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> um, you can't you can't get a good picture hardly ever and so now picture you're in the woods and this thing can take you know one stride is like three to four to five six feet and it's gone i mean it can move so fast and so smooth and by the time you get your phone out it's gone or I don't know if you guys have ever tried to like zoom in on something and then find something else. Yeah. It's hard. You know, yeah, we have great technology. We do. But unless you can make that Bigfoot stand there and pose for you, it's really hard to get a good picture or video. It's really hard. So what about like I, I think someone when I was watching the live stream last week, someone was asking about um, I don't I don't know if they called them structures, but it was like. <laughs> It was like like little totems almost that they leave yeah. in the woods that people people see. Um, there's a lot of so the thing with Bigfoot, um, and this is what I tell my my viewers and tell the people in my group because I have a night callers group, um, Facebook group. I tell them, do your due diligence. Don't post every single thing you see because chances are it's already out there and it's already been discredited. So do your research. First of all, second of all, stop thinking that everything is Bigfoot. Stop it. Do not come in this group being like, everything is Bigfoot. Look at this. I found this stick stuck in this tree. It's Bigfoot. Stop it. So there's a thing that hikers do. Um, hikers make those little tree huts and um, bushcraft people and survivalist people, they make these little tree hut things. So a lot of those are that. But... There are some. I researched with a gentleman and he taught me this. 
and I've done it ever since. Um, there are some that are markers that I believe are markers. And I know this because I was out, I had my GoPro on and I saw, I saw one and it was like a tree and it was leaned into the fork of another tree. And I looked at it and when I leaned around and looked, you know, around the tree over here was another one like back farther off. So I went to that one, leaned around, there's another one, another one. And eventually it led me to a lake. Um, on the way back, I looked and it was the same thing on the way back and it led to the hunting trail. So where the hunters would walk. So it was like humans are here, wa you know, water's here. Um, so some of them I do believe are markers. Um, I believe maybe territorial markers, but most of the time I think it's just like letting the other Bigfoot know like this is where, you know, humans are going to be or this is where water is, stuff like that. Street signs. Street time. <laughs> <laughs> I do. Um, you know, and that's just something that if I hadn't seen it and investigated it myself, you know, that's me. I, I like to investigate things myself before I say, you know, that it might be this. Because unless you see Bigfoot do it, you don't know what it is. But um, with those, I do believe a lot of them are markers. Um, there's a lot of people that rock stacking. They think rock stacking is a thing. It might be, but um, hikers do that. As well. I, think it's, uh, I think that's the rainbow people. Um, are you aware who the rainbow people are? I, it's a group of uh, off-the-grid hippies, basically. Yeah, they're, oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, and I mean, it's like clockwork because where I live uh, is uh, going towards the Daniel Boone National Forest. Yeah. And it is almost like clockwork and annual migration of these people. They go down to this place in the Daniel Boone. What do you mean these people? <laughs> what are you eating you people so you just triggered a memory that's where i researched that's where i went in kentucky was the daniel boone national forest then you were right here yeah, yeah. you were here yeah, yeah <laughs> the, uh, those rainbow people they uh they make those all over the place those little rock yeah. pyramids that's yeah. who does that well they do that um hikers do that as well True. So, yeah, hikers do that. And so I, I've had to kind of tell people because they found them like in streams and stuff. And I'm like, OK, I said, but look, this is a hiking thing. So unless you see Bigfoot do it, let's not spread that around that it's Bigfoot doing it, you know, and uh, or well, rainbow people, apparently. Well, the stack of the rocks thing kind of triggers something with me. It comes back to an earlier episode that we did in Clay County, Kentucky, where, where, where me and Jeremy and Tolly are from. I used to four-wheeler, like, go out on four-wheelers a lot in the woods yeah. and trails. Um, there was a couple times where one time I found a patch of dead ground, like mm -hmm. a circle, and all the way around it were rocks piled three-tier high in little pyramids. So when I walked into it, you know, it almost felt like a static. Um, so I didn't think anything about it, but a while later, we came across an old cabin. And it looked like it had smoke pouring out of it. It's like old shitty cabin, like you You're can see. You're not about to talk about a guidance counselor, are you? No, you've. I'm, <laughs> I told you. I'm having flashbacks. But um, I, I walked up to the steps of this old cabin, and like the smoke was pouring out. It was like somebody living in there, but it's coming out the windows and shit. So I was like, oh god, they're dying in there, you know. So when I walked on the steps, my buddy, he's like, no, man, get the fuck back here, you know, whatever. Um, and when we came back, those rocks were all the way around that cabin. But they weren't there when you walked in? No, they probably were. I was just oh, not paying attention. Okay. 
because that freaked him out. He's like, no, get back here. This is same shit. We got to go. Because so the, was, the, was the cabin on fire? No, man. I never got to go inside. I don't know what would happen. Um, but anyway, then I then Bigfoot attacked me, and then we got it. Flashbacks. But the real but the cabin thing in the patch of dead ground, that really happened. That is creepy. I was through that for a joke. Kentucky goblins, that's what that was. She oh. probably she probably ate it pats. No, nah, I don't think she went to Clay County, man. The National Forest don't go to Clay County. It was like, it was a little 50s diner. I wish I could remember what it was called. But there's a little, uh, there's like a campground over there. And it's like 20 minutes past when you lose signal. And then um, we parked and then we hiked like a mile or two in. And then set up camp for four days in the snow and stuff. And we didn't really have any activity, um, but I will say there um, there are like weird burial mounds where we camped, yeah. um, and they're like, oh, it was so cool though. So you go up and there's like this big, big one, so like the king or whoever, and then you have all these smaller ones, but they're like in a perfect line, and then yeah. there are these huge stones, like the triangle stones, and um, and they're pointing. They're, they're, ter- they're markers and they point to the next thing. And um, the person I was with, he told me about it. And he told me that, um, um, but they used to use it um, to haul like stone or something up there. And um, like way back when, and I, it was, it was a really cool story. I wish I could remember to tell you, but, um, but basically, yeah, it was, it was just crazy that there were those big, huge boulders. And I mean, huge, but they pointed to the next one and then you went up and it pointed to the next one. And it was just, it was really, really interesting. It's a, it's an unknown thing, but those burial mounds are literally everywhere around here. It's yeah. insane. Crazy. That's crazy. Yeah, we found, um, like, he didn't know if it was the Native Americans that lived there or if it was, like, the Vikings or, like, he didn't know. I don't remember who he said it was, but it was, I want to say that he said it was, like, someone who came to the Americas and, like, and came to that area. Does that sound familiar at all? Like, someone that would have. It's probably all the witches. Um, (laughs) Honestly, believe that this area was found by witches. I have Rob Zombie in my head now. (laughs) I don't know. Growing up in in Appalachia, though, like that was always a like what people tried to scare you with, like the the Native American burial grounds. There was um, a time when one of our friends, um, I forget who all was with us, but like we all thought it was a joke. He's like, you know, this is a burial ground. And he was like, we're going to go dig it up. And um, we were only probably like 12. Yeah. And we get up there with a bunch of uh, of shovels and stuff, and it didn't look like what you're you're talking about. Yeah. There was just some random rocks, like big old rocks, and kind of a depression in the ground. And we started the dig, and probably within 20 minutes in, so all the all the tools we had were were wooden handled, and 20 minutes in we'd broken every handle on the tools trying to dig and we're like nope nope <laughs> like bro like, we don't need to do this first of all if it's a depression that sounds fresh that sounds like a fresh body so i'm just saying probably a blessing y'all didn't dig that up <laughs> yeah um 
honestly, the area that we came from in the 90s was murder capital of the United States. So a little bit, yeah, a little bit. Yeah, bro. Yeah. <sighs> <laughs> this is a mountain people. Maybe no. Had something to hide out there. <laughs> um, so I actually went to a place in uh, Arkansas this past summer, and um, we were. It was on this lady's property, and we had gone. We had gotten out of the truck, and we were kind of just scouting at the edge of the wood line, and we found this weird. I have a picture of it, but it's this weird triangle wooden thing and it was hung on a branch it was like a branch that was twisted into a triangle and then hung on a lower branch it was really weird and i was like okay you know i'm super skeptical about it was within human reach type thing but so we we hiked in a little bit we were gonna go investigate and i'm with my friend steven now steven is part squatch he is a big old dude um i mean he's like six five big dude right Always like, the same size as me and Tolly. <laughs> <laughs> He's a big old dude. So like when he does a call, he sounds like Ludo from Labyrinth. I mean, like he just I mean, it's so deep. So he has a you know, like so he's this big old dude. You'll see why I'm like harping on that. So we're I'm with him and then she squatched Tanya. Um now Tanya's more of like a flower child, you know, she's very like you know, she's looking at the flowers and she's looking Seems at like this it. evidence. Yeah, she's kind of just, you know, floating around looking at stuff. Well, we get up to the top of this ridge and I said, hey, what's that? And I go over and look and because they look like just like the burial mounds from Kentucky. And I said, I've seen these before. I said, this looks just like them because there was a big one. And I said, if I'm right, there are going to be some smaller ones over here that would be the wives or whatever. And I, I kind of shine my light. And sure enough, there are some smaller ones. And I'm like, that's weird because this is southeast Oklahoma. You know, this is not or this is that was Arkansas. I'm sorry. That was Arkansas. And that's Kentucky, like way over there. But this is, you know, the same thing. And I was like, this is crazy. So we're looking at the first mound. And on top of the mound is like all these little pieces of wood that are all broke up into tiny, tiny pieces. And I'm like, okay, what animal did this, right? So I'm looking, I'm like, we're not near water. It's not going to be a beaver. I'm like, woodchuck? I, I don't even think we have woodchucks here. I don't even know. Like, I could not figure out what made this pile. And then I shine my light and I look, and I was already kind of creeped out because burial mounds, you know. And I look and there's this little, and I have pictures of this too. It's this little stick structure so it's all these sticks intertwined and it's standing up. It's some Blair Witch shit, okay? It's standing up <laughs> in front of in front of a tunnel behind the burial mound. It was like a hole like this. Wow. And it's right in front of the entrance. And I'm like, Steven, are you seeing this? Are you seeing this? I'm freaked out at this point because the Blair Witch, the words Blair Witch went through my head and I am losing it. And so I look at him and I'm like, what would make that? Like, what animal would make a stick structure, like a bundle of sticks, but it wasn't tied together. They were all intertwined to where they were standing straight up. I said, what would make that? And we're talking. And I remember I had pulled out my recorder because I wanted to make sure I was getting this. And my recorder's dead. And I'm like, well, that sucks. I just charged the thing. So I put it back in my pocket. And I noticed that Steven's face goes dark. And I'm like, what? My light goes dead. And I'm like, um... 
my light just went dead and he just looked at me. And so Steven is like this very, very Christian man. He is the nicest person you'll ever meet. Doesn't cuss. Actually, when I cuss, I say, sorry, Steven, instead of, you know, like, God, forgive me. I say, sorry, Steven, because (laughs) he's that good of a guy. Um, And I looked at him and I just said, my light just went dead. And my recorder's dead. And he, he looked at me. He said, don't, don't you say that? Don't you say that? And I said, Steven, I said, um, because we were about to go investigate the smaller mounds. And I said, I just don't really, I said, I don't know, man. I don't know if we should go over there. And about that time, we just kind of looked at each other and we both just had the same reaction. We turned and tried to leave, except you could, there's like a small space. So I'm elbowing this 300 pound man. We are like in an elbow fight. Like to get, it's like the three stooges. I mean, we were like jostling each other to get down the hill first. Cause we were running out of this area and, um, we get halfway down the ridge and we realize Tanya is not with us. So we turn around and she's like investigating a flower stalk or something. And I'm like, Tanya, <laughs> hey, we're leaving. Come on. And she's like, Oh no, it's okay. I'm looking at this. And we're like, okay, no, like we can't leave you bad karma you know, our conscience would hurt. Come on, we're leaving. So she finally starts making her way down. Um, but so slowly. And I looked at Steve and I said, should we go back and get her about the time I said, get her the, I had a, I had his night vision. I had the strap around my neck, the strap breaks and it falls and barely misses a rock. And I just looked down at it and looked at him and we both go, Nope. <laughs> grab, I grabbed the night vision and we take off to the entrance and just stood there and waited for her. I mean, we could see her the whole time, but like, we're just going to wait for you down here. Like if you die, we yeah, love you so much. I imagine they're just like kind of skipping. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> those places aren't no, I mean, that ain't no joke. Like the, the kind of mojo was, those places have. Yeah. And she was just kind of oblivious to it. And so later on I asked her because she's very, she's an empath as well. And I asked her, um, I said, didn't you feel that? And she said, Oh yeah. As I said, I said, Tanya, I said, I felt like, I said, I felt like I, they were, they were disrespected. Like I was standing on top of them or something. They were mad. I said, I felt like the most, like, I can't even describe it. I felt this push to go. Like they were saying, get out, get out of here, go on. I said, so we did. And Steven felt it too. And then, so I asked Tanya, I said, didn't you feel that? And she said, oh, she's like, uh, no, she said, I took care to, um, walk around the mounds my dumb ass walking across the top of it. Like I own the place. Like, typical white person. What are you doing? This ain't your land. Like this is someone's body. Come on. So anyway, so I'm walking around it or she's, she said, I walked around it. She said, and then I made sure I had a flower or something. I don't remember what she said she had. She said, I put it on there, you know, as a thank you for letting me be here. And I'm like, well, thanks for sharing with the class. Cause we almost died. Like, you know, I <laughs> Yeah, but that was really creepy. Um, but I didn't feel anything around the mounds in Kentucky, just the ones in Arkansas, because apparently Arkansas ghosts are weird. And I think she had told us, not Tanya, but some of the lady, she had originally told us that it was like um, a shaman that had passed away and been buried there or something. And she told us that before we went up. And then when we came back down and like the next day I was talking about all this and she was like, oh, yeah, those aren't burial mounds. And I'm like, uh-huh okay it's weird it's weird because i don't think i mean if like obviously i'm not an expert on native american history but i would imagine that would be different like tribal land yeah 
Well, um, she's, she said it is tribal land. Um, she's Native American. And so she's, she's trying to buy all the land around her property to save it from being developed and stuff because she says that there are burial mounds there. She said it, it just didn't happen to be in the spot we were in, which I think that she's off kilter a little bit because there was something there. There's some of those burial mounds that's really huge. Like, and I, I, I know this is probably ridiculous, but I feel like that if somebody like dug it out, it might be like a small pyramid. There's some um, that are, you know, like underground huts and stuff um, that have been found up north, like Alaska North, um, that are like, that's the cities that they had then, the Native Americans up there especially, they had um, underground city systems, basically. Like, they had their huts and their tribal center underground, and then you just came out to do stuff and then went back because the winters were so harsh and stuff. I've been some weird places and, and this is just like the tip of the iceberg, you know? That is cool. I wish that we had like a chance to go out to like crazier places. Um, I've been to a few, but it's all been in, within state. We, we're poor. Like, <laughs> you live in Kentucky with the goblins. Like you're walk outside. <laughs> I've got, I've got some friends that if they didn't walk and talk, they would be considered cryptids. I believe. just because of their antics (laughs) oh yeah same same um there's some that i think are skinwalkers for sure oh yeah for sure jeremy (laughs) one of them because he's here to try to convert us all to misinformation one thing that (laughs) (laughs) wow won't you just throw him under the bus i'm just messing with him (laughs) this has been awesome you said you said that you've had I just want to leave off on one real quick. Have you ever seen a full-fledged ghost? Yes. Ah, oh, tell me about it. <laughs> I mean, like, so many times, though. So, like, um, so the thing about my issues, ghost issues, is they mess with me when I'm asleep. Um, so... I used to have actually night terrors, um, so full paralysis and all of that, and um, I called them attacks because that's what that felt like, and so I used to have that all the time, but the scariest thing that I had actually wasn't even that. It was um, the first time it ever happened to me. I was laying in bed, and I was about, I was probably like 16, 17, something like that, maybe younger, I don't know, and no, I was about 15 because it that was a weird time in my life. There was a lot of darkness. Slipknot saved my life. No lie. Um, but it was a weird time in my life. And there was just a lot going on. You're going into high school, all that. And I was in a really dark place. But anyway, I was laying there asleep. And I had I fallen asleep with the lights on for some reason. Laying there in my pink ass room. I opened my eyes. And there's this brown cloth in front of me. And it's like burlap, but dark. It's like a monk's robe. And I remember it was like right here at the edge of my bed and I reared back and I look up and whatever it was rose up as I watched it rose up and I I turned over on my back and I grabbed my blanket and put over my face and I could see it flying back and forth across my bed, just whipping back and forth. And I don't know how long that went on before it finally went away and I was able to like pull the covers down and look. Um, I never saw its face, but it was 
a human form and a monk's robe type fabric and I mean just whipping back and forth back and forth and that was the very first thing that I saw you know messing with me in my sleep like that you said that we all looked younger but I used if you said slipknot right then I was like yeah I came into high school with slipknot too so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. no, I'm not saying my life for real. to this day like I'll put on slipknot and I'm just like like and their earlier stuff and I'm like this is so bad but you know what I got love for that like that well, saved me back in the day it's all good I used so, to listen to uh to Corey Taylor from time to time you just you have to um yeah. Not totally. We're not talking about that. But yeah, um, but that was like the first thing that ever happened. It was just really, it was terrifying. Um, since then, that happens a lot, but not like that. Um, I'll wake up, they'll be right in my face, I'll rear back, and they'll disappear, and then I'll look to the doorway, and they'll walk out the door. Stuff like that. Um, just stupid stuff. And I, I'm at the point now when it happens, I get mad. I'm like, you're interrupting my sleep. Like, go on. I get pissed. Um, you know, but I have, I, I used, when I was younger, especially, I just had some really night terrors type experiences that they just, uh, you know, that we could save that for another show if y'all want. But um, just stuff that uh, we could go into a whole episode about yeah, night I think terrors. I think we would we would love to do like just a straight paranormal episode with you. Yeah, absolutely. I didn't realize this was a well, one of the projects was a lineage project just handed to you, and yeah. I saw the the latest episode come out. Was it today? The the little footer. So you're continuing oh, okay. it even more now. Yeah, no, yeah. So I have little footers, the next generation, where I interview uh, kids or kids of Bigfooters or kids that believe in Bigfoot. I interview them about what they think Bigfoot is, what they think about Bigfoot research. Um, the first two episodes are my own kids, so I ask them, "What's it like to have a Bigfoot researcher for a mom?" Um, because when I was younger, I hated it. I hated it. Um, my mom she said it's funny because I am where I am now and she just laughed she said I remember when you were little you used to say I hate Bigfoot and I did because it took my mommy away from me right but now my kids my kids I include them in it and so they have a great time they've met all these friends um one of them I asked him that question what is what's it like to have a Bigfoot researcher for a mom and he said it's scary (laughs) oops and uh traumatizing my children is fine the the (laughs) other one said it was really cool and that he loves it um they actually pick up a lot more than you think they do um adam was talking about tracking he was like yeah you have to track them like this and find the tracks and do this and i'm like wow like you're really smart man like you're gonna find bigfoot for sure so it's really great and so i have other people's kids signed up that i'm going to interview them about it as well because they are the next generation and i want to teach them right i want them to have a good you know i don't want them it's just like regular kids i don't want them to come in with the same bs that the elder generations are you know feeding and and focusing on and harping on i want them to have like a solid scientific foundation but be open to other stuff that happens you know oh yeah Yeah. looking forward to the projects for sure but i do want to talk to you more about the uh the coffee cup stuff oh (laughs) (laughs) buy me a coffee yes (laughs) yeah yeah 
I, I, I can't remember. Like, well, just coffee cup thing. I know, the, I'm the, like, the, buy me a coffee a stop. coffee cup or like I sell coffee cups with night callers on them. No, um, it's called uh, buy me a coffee. And so it's just like Patreon, but not Patreon. So I thought it was cool. I thought it was cool. And it's very inclusive. It's like my people and you know it's not so much the patreon you know someone has 7000 subscriptions to patreon and all of that um it's it's different so basically you can go in and you sign up to be a member it's $7 a month or you can pay 84 for annual subscription and you get an extra segment of night terrors a week you get a pre-recorded ep- interview that i do you get a zoom chat interview with my guest. Um, and then you get two live interviews as well. That's free. Um, and then you'll get a newsletter and you get, um, you get a free sticker. I mean, you get all kinds of stuff with the membership, right? If you don't want to do the membership and get exclusive content from me, you can just buy me a coffee. It's $5 and you just make a donation. Basically you say like, I want to buy her three cups of coffee or one cup of coffee. Like, Hey, really loved your show last night. I'm going to buy you a coffee and it's $5 and you're going to support my show and all the stuff I do. You know, as you guys know, $5 a month will cover the subscription for one of the many programs I use to edit the show or whatever. Um, But it's just, it's a really cool little thing. So they have where I can post for just members. I can post to whoever. um, So you have your membership. And then I started my affiliates page, but I just, I really like it in lieu of Patreon. It just seems more customer friendly, I guess, or more listener friendly. I That's what I liked about it because my listeners, you know, people over the years, they're like, oh yeah, you have so many fans. And I'm like, I don't like that word. I don't like the word fans. Like my listeners are my friends to me. Like those are my people. It, whether I have one listener or a million, I'm going to do my show and put out quality content for that one person because, you know, y'all, they're the reason that I do what I do. Um, so yeah, buy me a coffee dot com backslash night callers and it's just it's a cooler version of patreon <laughs> so awesome. uh, the coffee cup i mean buy me <laughs> coffee <laughs> right? yeah. where, else can they, uh, where else can they find your stuff at um so like i said i just launched a website a real live website um nightcallersproductions.com and so that will have all of my all of my projects on there. You can go to one place, one landing page and see all of my projects. It has like an about me section on it. Um, and then you can click on whatever to take you to whichever project you're interested in. It'll take you to my night terrors or my night callers or planet fear. Um, it'll take you, I have a merchandise website on Teespring, so you can go buy night colors merch. You can buy here. You can buy this shirt. It's awesome. Um, I have variations of this. I have girls. I have kids clothes, baby clothes. I have banners like that. I got face masks, all kinds of cool stuff. But um, also on there is the affiliates page. And so when you go to my website, you get to see who are the affiliates of Nightcaller's Bigfoot Radio. So these are people who have invested in my show. And in turn, I promote their show on all my platforms. And so you get to see, you know, who supports me supporting them supporting me supporting them doing all things that's awesome that is awesome so make sure you go check her out and you know thank you for watching us you can find us on youtube if you're watching this or listening to it youtube 
Uh, you can find us at Twitter, bipolar underscore TB, as in tuberculosis. Losis? Losis. <laughs> Awful reference. One day, one day, this will come out clear. Tuberculosis. <sighs> and you can uh, reach out to us through email at bipolar underscore teddy bear at outlook.com. Uh, you can catch us on Spotify, all listening platforms. Um, and thank you for watching us because we're watching you. Uh-huh. Where in the fuck?